there's a storm that crackles outside as your taxi cab pulls up outside of the massive multiversal queue podcast manners. The estate has gone quiet and the people who you talk to made whispers of various goings on that they were unsure of ever since the eccentric people who somehow used podcast money for a not incredibly popular podcast uh, somehow bought a mansion. Who are you? Our player. How good were how good would you say you are at fighting? Are you uh That uh, you've been reading some good fighting comics, so you yeah, got that feeling. Exactly. Yep. So, um, yeah, good. Okay, so I'll run the uh, good through for the rest of your physical stats, so your agility, yeah. strength, and endurance. And then, what would you say your reason, intelligence, or reason, intuition, and psyche would be? some very good sections in there, especially because for, I think, like, fighting, agility, and strength, they had Aunt May, and then for endurance, she just vanished off of the chart and stopped showing up. And it's like, what happened to Aunt May when they were testing these things? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, so, so good for this, but yeah, reason. Uh, I, I, again, I'm sort of... say that uh, excellent would be like a master's degree equivalent oh, good is like a bachelor's degree <laughs> yeah remarkable <laughs> remarkable is a doctorate so once again once again what you're basically saying is that all of my physical stats are prototypical <laughs> and my reason is good <laughs> I only have 10 seconds I only need to get green rolls no I'm sorry I'm, I'm good on the physical stats I'm going to be remarkable on reason 
Well, it's also really weird because they have Daredevil in the good reason quality. So, I mean, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. He's, he's, he's got at least a master's. Yeah, I mean, he practices the law. That's, that's pretty much a doctorate, isn't it? I mean, I'm probably gonna, we're probably going to get lots of comments from like actual doctors who are like, no, it's not. But it's at least excellent. Daredevil's at least an excellent. Yeah. I think there's also, though, he makes very poor decisions a lot of the time. Beyonder still needs help learning how to poop. Yeah, no, it's true. You could be, you could be rolling for poop. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Alright, well, we'll, we'll gloss over the fact that I'm not a doctor and give me, like, remarkable reasons. Yeah, just for, uh... Just for the purposes of this. And I think you can go with, like, a excellent intuition that's a fine attention to details not quite detective background and skill levels. Are we, um, are we counting fine attention to detail as fine attention to continuity detail? Ooh, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bump you up to incredible for I that. I think I deserve an incredible. Like, yes. in real life, if we're talking continuity, I'm, you know, I've, I've been known to, like, uh, pay attention to some very fine detail. Yes, like, yes. <laughs> like Rufus, super fit, like Carter. And then, uh, yeah, that's your resolve, willpower, or strength of oh, focus. <laughs> yeah, oh god. Um, yeah, my focus in, uh, at, say, like, excellent or remarkable. I mean, yeah, they, they, listening. they describe excellent as some experience with mind control or mystic forces, which oh, you have, well, and remarkable yeah. is your train to resist will. Uh, train to resist will control. Um, does that include will mods? Oh, train to resist his control. Oh, uh, yeah, I will okay. let you do that. Great, remarkable. I mean, you know, it's, um, so, so actually this is kind of on the, this is actually on the high end of things for like a Marvel hero. This is why. This is like a street better. level. It's like yeah, a this proper, is. And then you, uh, that gives you a total of 40 hit points and 100 karma. Okay, wow. Yep, good. And I'll take it. So let's go back a bit, and can you roll me a psyche check to see if you're able to, well, actually, no, this would be intuition check, uh, to see what you have found out about the, uh, manner that you have been invited to.
So as your uh, British accent sets you as a outsider, the people in the area were unwilling to talk to you much about what had gone in at the big manor that you've been invited to. And okay. as you flash back a bit more, you get a uh, recollection where you were invited to the Multiverse of Few Manor for an unknown purpose. Presumably to do an interview because that's why you have come to the manor before. Right. Yep. Oh, and and so the taxi driver drops you off and you have your suitcase with you, and the gate mysteriously swings open as you approach it, seeming to beckon you in, Um, and for some added incentive. In the back, you hear rain clouds that are moving in behind you. I'm going to check the traps. Uh, okay, roll me a reason check for that. Uh, I've rolled a nine. <laughs> oh! This is, uh... Yeah, this dice actually gave me, is it? Uh, so yeah, I've rolled, I've rolled a nine on that. So that is... Again... Not good. Uh, you you don't see any reason to be suspicious about traps at this point. Okay. I mean, it could just be rich people moving into an area and making a rather garish mansion for no exact reason. Okay. No, in that case, I'll, I'll walk straight forward and knock on the mansion door. Or ring the bell. Uh, uh, so there is both a door and there are a pair of uh, knockers, the, like, rings for the knockers are held in the mouths by two giant dogs. One of them seems to be Lockheed, and the other er, Lockjaw, and the other seems to be another dog. Who you, uh, well, let's see if you can, uh, roll me a reason check. Ah, uh, well, that's that's getting better. I think that is still out there. Well, improvement. That's, uh... This is... Yeah, my God. These are some terrible you, rolls. You are. Yes. Uh, the other dog is Loot. Who... Do you remember who Loot is? Um, I don't, so I failed. I failed this reason check in real life as well. Uh, Loot was the Punisher's dog from that run maybe two or three years ago. So as you knock on the door, a loud resounding thumping echoes through the manor, and the door creaks open. Just a lot of creaky doors that are not apparently locked or even shut all that well. Okay, well, I guess I step through the door, um, keeping on the lookout for any trapdoors or uh, trap anything. Yeah, go to the top. 
Uh, there are no traps as you step inside the uh, main room of the estate. There is a long, uh, unwatered, and incredibly dead Christmas tree in the foyer of the house. Uh, to the left and right of the foyer are a pair of winding stairs on each of the sides that lead up to a second, third, and fourth floor. And then to the left and right are two additional rooms. One seems to lead into a kitchen, and the other has a big sign on it that says Directory. Oh. Um, I guess I'll have a quick look in the kitchen. See if there are any, uh, any provisions. Okay. Uh, as you walk into the kitchen, a musty stench uh, emits from the room. Uh, roll me an endurance check. Okay, yeah. You recognize it's a pretty unpleasant smell, but you're able to bear through it. Uh, sort of like the smell that you would see, or sort of like the smell that you would find on Deadpool, which was a book yeah. that you recently wrote. Yes, yes, let's get into some of this so the, interview. Yeah, so the kitchen the kitchen is the right place. Mm -hmm. So that's where Deadpool hangs out. So yeah, what... Um, uh, so, uh, how did the project sort of originate? Uh, well, it started off, I got a phone call from uh, Jordan White, who was a uh, Deadpool editor at the time. Um, and, yeah, he was basically, he needed somebody to kind of pitch or, or work on a sort of five-issue weekly Deadpool series that it had like more than one artist definitely um, but right now that was that was all he had he was kind of throwing it open um, I think we we just worked on Rocket together so um, I think he was sort of looking for uh, something more more from it and I kind of we, we sort of talked through it on the phone and we didn't really have any um Ideas. We were thinking of things like just sort of. At first, we were thinking like a light story of Deadpool, and then we were thinking, well, he's had so many origins, so many flashbacks, and so many different pasts, and also it's sort of leaning on. Um, you know, it might be leaning on Jerry's thing a little bit. Uh, and then we thought of, well, what about time travel? Like, go through the various eras of Marvel, and it's like, well, you know, again, it's sort of a, it's a repeated joke. It's sort of. You know, Deadpool in his own book has been through everything. And so we kind of ended this phone call without really, you know, we had some rough ideas and some, like, you know, some ideas of, like, things that could be funny, but um, we didn't have it yet. And then I sat down, and I realized it had been a while since I'd done any kind of, um, oh, a choose-your-own-adventure-type thing. Citizen, some, some hapless citizen of Mega City One. 
And then from Judge Dredd's point of view, to read the whole thing from the start, and it'd be Judge Dredd's point of view, and he was just going through it normally, you know, uh, from the back. Um, and from his point of view, of course, this, uh, you know, this hapless citizen was sort of popping up here, popping up there, you know, dying and then coming back to life. Um, and, you know, we ended up doing it that way. I'm, uh, I'm not sure if it's ever been collected, but uh, at some point it probably will be. Um, but it was, a, it was a few years ago now. But yeah, I hadn't done, I hadn't done a, a Choose Your Own Adventure thing or a Fighting Fantasy thing since then. Um, and it occurred to me that like this would be a really good way to do it. And I could have each issue be like a little adventure in itself. You know, I've got 20 pages, that's plenty. And then um, maybe I could do a thing where the issues could fit together, you know, not... And, you know, I was sort of taking... Doing my usual thing of sort of taking shots and washing up, you know. Yeah. Hoovering. Like, these kind of... Not so much for hoovering, but these kind of menial... You know, how they, you know, going for walks, these things where you sort of... You're finding things to do to, like, get the brain going. And I, I came up with the idea that maybe you could have a thing where... Choose you could have a mechanic that meant you could like jump from uh, issue one to sort of issue four and then move on to a five issue and it sort of gives you a choice. And I thought, well, you'd better, we better sort of encourage people to get all of them. So, and it's a weekly thing, so you know, they won't have to yeah. be long. Quickly end up like going from issue one to issue four and then back to issue two and so on. But we could, we could have that, we could have things in different orders. And, um, and I kind of pitched all this, and I pitched the inventory system, which I sort of borrowed a little bit from. Uh, it's similar to one in an old issue of Dice Man. Dice Man? Which was a... Dice Man was a comic, a British comic in the 80s, that was 2000 AD characters. So, um, and around the time it was the really classic character, it was Judge Dredd, Nemesis, um, the ABC Warriors, Rogue Trooper, Slane. It does. Um, 
in reference to that, we got a question from at Frankie U on Twitter who wants to know how big is a bread basket in it anyways? I'm sure I'm pretty sure the chainsaw was bigger. Maybe you just have a lot of baguettes. glow is a whole deep fried chicken that you can take and put into your inventory if you'd like. Um, I will take that and put it into my inventory because it sounds like one of these chickens from the streets of rage. Um, I would I would suspect strongly that this is a chicken from the streets of rage and when I come to eat it later it might restore health if I need that. So I am going to take that uh, for later use. Okay. 
Is there anything, anything else? Uh, you can roll me a reason check, or you can roll me an intuition check and see if you can find anything else of value. Uh, not that you can find. A lot of the other food and tools in here look like they are gross and stuff that you would not want to carry with you. Well, that's fair enough. Um, okay, I'll move out of the kitchen and then I guess if there's nothing happening in the hallway, I'll go to the directory. Okay, so the, uh, the directory is a mysterious room that has a map of the estates. Uh, some of the other rooms or places you can visit in here are the aviatorium, the theater, the carriage house. Uh, there are three separate half-size Olympic swimming pools on the grounds. There's a polo field, the Dan Quayle Memorial Vice Presidential Library, the stable, the dungeon, or the other three floors. It's more so people would just remember him. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I guess, um, I guess I'll go to the, uh, to the Dan Quayle Library and see what's, uh, see what's happening there. Okay, so, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Is it easy to get, to get there from here, or yes. should I? Yeah, I'm not going to make you navigate through. So as you approach the library, it is a sort of modernist, very cubist-type design for a library. There's a statue of Dan Quayle giving both thumbs up, and uh, every once in a while it just says, Remember me, your friend Dan Quayle. So you don't know about how he was chased by a rabbit? Jimmy Curtis, my first Oh, no. No, oh, Jimmy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was just saying there was a time that Jimmy Carter got chased by a rabbit.
Also around the library is a small coffee stand where there is a mysterious person wearing a cloak that obscures their form. And they look over to you and then look back as they seem very, very bored. Um, is it cloak? No, it is not cloak. He is, he is. With that new TV show Um, and comic series. Yes. So, the cloaked figure uh, presents you what seems to be a fortune cookie and hands it to you. And they say, There is a question in this for you, Mr. Ewing. So add, er, do I need to roll a strength roll? No, or? no, that's that's easy enough for you to do. Uh, so yeah. Andrew Young, who's at AW Young in 1991 on Twitter, wants to know: quite a few of your books have involved bringing back fairly weird and obscure characters and concepts from Marvel lore. Is there anyone slash anything that you really want to bring back but haven't had a chance to? Oh, yeah. 
Well, and it, it's just sort of. I, I was looking back, and when the first run of Outfits was coming out that you had done, we had actually had an interview about that in Contest of Champions. And it was like, oh, why don't you just throw Squirrel Girl at the problem? And it's because you ended up finding a better solution. And there was the Christmas special with the Gwynpool. like three years for a uh, current Marvel cycle is pretty three good. Years is pretty good yeah. Three years is pretty good for this kind of change. And it's like with the with the FF on the way back, it, you know, they're going to need they're gonna need their classic collectors. Yes. So, you know, I don't, I don't feel that bad about it. It's like, you know, and Jerry did a great job on it. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy enough. But to get back to, uh, to get back to Sandman, did always want to do something with him as an Avenger. Hmm. Um, I, because I always thought that was great, this, that, you know, this kind of, because I mean, I'm sort of reading back through, like, these old issues of the Hulk. It's kind of this Tumblr, this Tumblr project I'm doing is like, um, 
my new venture. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the Spider Office had plans for him, and it was like, well, you know, but we could have Spider Man on there, and it was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> or it might have been like, yeah, I can't remember if Spider Man was already on the team, and Sam Man was like one one Spider person too many, or uh, or if there were plans for him, or what exactly was going on. But but for whatever reason, it was kind of. He was too big yeah. to get. He was. He couldn't be. He couldn't be gone. Well, well, I mean, maybe you could do like a new version of the Wild Pack with a bunch of obscure characters. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of trying to shy away from doing bookstore obscure <laughs> characters now because, um, yeah, I hate to admit it, but uh, all the people who said they don't sell, <laughs> they might have had a point. Um, I mean, I get yes. you reviews, but. I think no. I think I think I'm trying to sort of move towards. Um, I mean, the thing is, I do have this. I do have this great love of the C-list and the D-list characters to the extent that I almost hate hate the term C-list and D-list. I think mm-hmm. you know, in a in a perfect world, um, you know, there'd be no kind of hierarchies and. People would like to see the inherent potential in uh, D-Mac, um, which, to be fair, you know, he's he's doing a lot better than he was when I started yeah. Marvel. He's now in a relationship. Uh, I he was. I, I don't know if that is. I don't know the current status of that in the new Lockjaw comic, but he is in the new Lockjaw yes. comic. And uh, so yeah, you know, he's he's really. He's achieved the kind of popularity that, um, you know, I, I for one, always knew he would. Um, it's it was really it's better than just making jokes about him being a smelly hobo. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, basically. But, you know, there's, there's, loads, of, there's loads of characters mm-hmm. like that who sort of... And I think we've... I think there was a point where it was sort of seen as okay to like have a laugh at these these sort of very minor people and I think what we're seeing now is like they're still not gonna they're still not setting the world on fire they're still not like you know nobody's kind of dashing into the shop to like see the latest um, the latest exploits of like maggot uh, oh, I've got a yeah maggot oh but you know no, maggot's a special case you know there are like a hundred thousand people who want to read the maggot. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, they're all they're all fifty, but there are a hundred thousand of them. Uh, I, I um, will say Xavier Files, who is probably probably listening to this episode right now, and is shouting or texting something. Uh, I I mentioned maggot for him. And he's. <laughs> I mean, Mag- maggot is. I think maggot is my brother's favorite X Men. Oh, that was the same thing um, with me. I uh, I had a friend with one of those DK encyclopedias on the X Men, and Maggot got the same page space as the Shadow King. So I was like, "Oh, this guy must be pretty big." I mean, to be fair, uh, Maggot would fit very well on Regents. I mean, he's pretty much he, if if Maggot would have turned up, if somebody would have turned up with. Uh, giant maggots that are the stomach. 
I mean, but yeah, he would he would fit in very well. Well, and like with the sort of empathic slash, I forget what the term for being a sense where things came from. Uh, like with those abilities, I think he could easily do well in like a new version of a detective team for X Factor or something else like that. I mean, that's the the wonderful thing about X Factor is that. You really get the sense that, like, and again, this kind of comes back to the idea that, like, you know, some C-list characters are just laughable. And, like, but with X-Men, it's like every mutant is important. Every kind of, you know, whether it's MAGA, whether it's Adam X, the extreme, um, at some point they're going to they're gonna pull back up because that's sort of how the X-Men works. Well, and even D-Man isn't really D-Man. I mean, Kyle Starks and a lot of other people I follow on Twitter are part of that D-Man posse. So, I mean, I'm using I'm using D-Man here because for a long time he was seen as you know a non-person. Yes. Um, I've always liked I've always had a soft spot for D-Man, and I'm really glad that now he's back. And in the last, I mean, you know. For quite a while now, actually, for about three or four mm-hmm. years, he's kind of come right back into his own. I mean, I know there was a period where he was dead, but... And there uh, is that weird Revengers team that he was on with, like, Century. I quite liked, um... So, did you say Century or Century? Uh, Century, the... Uh, not the Superman analog, the yeah. weird... I was, I was gonna say, is Century a Superman analog? No. Itself. Does he have Superman style powers? He's an alien. Uh, nope. Century is like a weird spaceman with an axe who was in that uh, Iron Man TV show. Or in one of the Iron Man cartoons in the oh, okay. 90s. Okay. I mean, see, now all I want to see is a Century versus Century versus Centurious triple-way matchup <laughs> with, like, live commentary. Um, so we have, we have no idea what's going on. Um, I, one thing I liked about the Revengers was uh, I liked that whole lot where Wonder Man kind of um, decided the Avengers were rubbish.
It's sort of like the cipher problem. Yeah, but you can you can kind of um, you can really get into that. You can really explore it. Like, what does it mean to be non-violent and to throw yourself into these violent situations um, when you can't be hurt? Does that does that give you a moral obligation to be non-violent because you don't have
<laughs> well, or you do the gag where the other person just continues avoiding all the punches and you just frame it very well around. Oh, that's always a good one. That's a very dead of a As you finish pondering this, there is a shining uh, cup of some sort of coffee on the uh, table, and the man in the cloak, or the person in the cloak, has vanished. Um, so what, there's now, there's now a cup of coffee? Uh, a a okay. coffee cup with some sort of liquid in it. Uh, you does, uh, are you much of a soy latte person? case, then it is the best soy latte that you've ever had. It's the only soy latte I've mm-hmm. ever had. Um, okay, great. Does it do anything to my stats? Uh, nope, it stays in your inventory, though. Okay. Great. So, I'm carrying it around. Yes. It'll become useful. Uh, right, I guess, um, oh, I remember there was a bird run. A what? From the direction. Oh, the... The aviatorium. Aviary? The aviatorium. Yes. Right, I'm gonna head back. I'm gonna head to the bird room next. I think that's uh, that's an interesting one. So the aviatorium is a massive glass and steel dome that is easily the size of a soccer or football stadium, and you can see hundreds of trees inside this. Uh, sort of obscuring. Some of the trees have even started to break through the glass, as if this place has been vastly unattended ever since something awful happened inside the auditorium. And as you approach, you hear cawing that seems to grow louder with every step until you get next to the door and it all ceases. Yeah, you open up the door. Okay, good. And roll me a intuition check. Thirty-one. Uh, let's see what that is on this thing. Now, with my incredible intuition, 
question. Uh, I've just barely got in the green. Okay, I will let you ask me two questions about this situation of your choosing. Um, am I in immediate danger? There is nothing rushing at you yet, or nothing that seems to be aimed at you currently. So no, you're not in immediate danger. Yes. Uh, you feel as though there are hundreds, if not thousands, of eyes looking at you. Oh, um, I don't have a light source, but I do have a glowing checker. Uh, you do also have your bag with you. Uh, you can roll to see if something useful is in your bag. Uh, I will let you spend uh, 10 karma to pull something out of your bag if you want to do that. You have 100 karma. Uh, I think I'm going to start using some of this karma. I'll, uh, I'll pull something out of my bag uh, that is a light source. Uh, okay. Like uh, uh, a torture lantern. Roll me a check at Amazing. Right. Uh, I've got a 35. That's a green. Okay. Uh, so you have pulled out a flashlight, or a torch, as they say in the UK? Yep, yep. So it's, uh, not too big, it's about the size of a hot dog in a bun, for lack of a better comparison. Okay. So it's nothing that you can really whack people away with, but it's giving you a decent beam of light. Uh, are you shining on the ground? Are you walking in further? Are you looking up at the trees? Uh, I'm gonna have a quick look at my level and then shine it up into the trees. Uh, so as you look at day. your level, what remaining light is still out there as the storm clouds are moving in even faster uh, is completely blocked out as you look further into the tree or as you look further ahead and then as you shine it up into the trees there's a rustling as the entire trees and all the leaves seem to shake in a moment and then they explode out into a massive flock of these black and green birds that you've never seen before. Uh, they are starting to circle around the uh, exterior walls, seeming to try and find a escape, but there are so many of them that they are unable to, and so it seems as if you... It seems like if you don't move quickly, they will be coming for you just in as they try and search for an exit. Uh, Romeo agility check. Okay, uh, right. 48, and on good. That's just barely in the green. That is just barely in the green. Uh, you are able to duck out. You are taking 5 damage from this, so you're down to 35 from your 40. Okay. And ridden in... Uh, marks that have appeared on your hand 
Xavier Files wants to know, what's the most obscure Marvel comic that you can never forget? That's the one where he's like wrestling with abstract concepts, right? Yeah, that's the one where he has to play a blue. Yes. So like, um, so yeah, I mean, this was not. Yeah, this was like this was a dark phoenix. This was like um, in in Britain, you know, Alpha Flight and Iceman are like big names uh, because of this. Although the like British people of a certain age, hmm. because like. Um, yeah, you know, we were like, we were reading, like, John Byrne's Alpha Flight, sort of, and then, you know, the Iceman stuff, and it was just, I remember there was, like, one issue where, do you know, in, like, the last issue of that miniseries, like, it starts off with this sort of extended dream sequence that kind of ends up, and it's like a pre-credit sequence, it's like, um, and it ends up with, like, Iceman staring down at Vivian, and then it kind of gets into more conventional comics. Uh, that was an entire episode. That was like a week. So, at that, I have never forgotten that that sequence. Because it was just like an entire week of the Iceman story. After we'd seen him, like, cease to exist in some circumstances, which I'm, I'm having a bit more trouble remembering. Um, I think he erased his own dad or something. But, um, yeah, it, it got weird. Uh, I, I've only heard about it through the Explain the X-Men. I mean, it is, yeah, I, I, I had to, I listened to that, but, with, you know, fond memories. But, um, yeah, that was, I mean, that was in, incredible, just this, like, this insane dream sequence that just kind of, um, you know, it was just this astonishing thing. So it'd have to be it'd have to be that. I can't think of any comics that are like more obscure that I remember better, so yeah, it's it's gotta be that one. Okay. 
Uh, so I posted the other rooms that you were able to go to in the chat. Unlike the rest of the manor, the dungeon, as soon as you start going down the stairs, there is cobblestone walls, cobblestone floors, the like doors all have that arch over them, and there is a long rickety bridge over a impossibly dark chasm. On the other side of the bridge are two torches, and inside is a black doorway where you cannot see what is inside the shadows. I mean, I've still got that torch. Yes. So I could shine that at it and see if that, that'll uh, get, into the, get into the story. As you shine the torch, you hear a loud rustling. Make me an agility check to react. If you want to okay. react or if you just want to say you're free to So a massive dragon's head appears and breathes out a spout of flame. You are able to barely duck out of the way, but you okay. still take five damage, bringing you down to thirty damage. Oh man, I better. Uh... Well, I won't, I won't eat the chicken just yet. But uh... um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm gonna. Um, I don't think I've, I've got the physical skills to fight this dragon, so. Uh, well, luckily, uh, Lucky Jim Howlett, who was at Lucky Jim 420, sent in a hashtag weapon for you, and they want to know, Hey, Bob, how do you feel about stepping up to me, your old buddy Patch? Uh, 
and we're doing it all so we're doing it as a horror piece yeah also and it's it's you know it's we're trying to we're trying to finding a, a, a take on it that I don't I don't think has been done or I don't think it's been done quite this way hmm. but in a similar in a similar thing to that um, at some point basically when I saw that amazing Art Adams cover for uh, Immortal Hulk 4 He's a skeleton man. From yeah, hell. he's a burning skeleton man from hell. And then, you know, Spider-Man is like... It is very possible to make him creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... I mean... 90s art did it all the time for reasons. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I love when he does all these weird poses. And I think Ditko, you know, had him doing all these strange kind of poses and things with his hands and sort of... And then, like, his origin is very much a old-school horror comic where he gets great power and then he abuses it, and as a result, he loses. It's very, it's very, like, I mean, it is very kind of amazing, amazing fantasy. In that, you know, there's not that much difference between Peter Parker's origin and, you know, the story about, like, the evil elevator operator who goes on an elevator to hell, or the one about the guy who, um, he drives his car very fast for, like, pages and then on the fourth page he's, he's sort of taken to Saturn to drive forever on the rim of Saturn. Um, real story. Um, but it's like, it's you know, somebody gets their comeuppance. Um, and so yeah, then, you know, with his um, so yeah, you know, that might be that might be a context. I mean, I'm not you know, I'm not sort of promising to actually do it because, you know, we have we have a lot of things in the pipeline and, you know, I don't know if we'd have the room. But, like, um, that would be a thing to do with Patch. You know. That's, uh, it's definitely a possibility. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So, luckily, in your bag, you have a device to use. Could you roll me a D12 and a D4? Wow, new, new dice. Okay, so on the D4 uh, I've rolled a 2 and on the D12 I've got an 11. Ah, okay. So as you reach into your bag you pull out a gun that shoots concrete. 
Okay, this sounds like a good thing to sort of seal up the dragon in its case. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, yeah. I'll attempt to do that. Roll me a check at Remarkable to do this. Okay. Oh, wow. 81. Okay, now, now we're getting somewhere. I've got a yellow. Yes, so you are able. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, you are able to defeat the dragon. But also, he's just sort of blocking that way, so you cannot move further into the dungeon. Well, that's fair enough. Um, okay, I guess, I'm trying to think of, like, um, interesting rooms. I'm going to go to one of the swimming pools. I'm going to go to the middle swimming pool. Okay, so all of the three swimming pools that are out here, and it has started to sprinkle down as you head out, are next to each other there's not really a reason why there's like a good five feet between each of the pools okay beyond the oh let's have three separate swimming pools and as you look into the water your next question appears okay uh chris who is at strictly worst on twitter wants to know how can all of us be dead cool or wait is it only me? Um, this is this is a tricky one. It's um, I mean the you are the you are Deadpool thing is another thing we borrowed we borrowed from Deutschmann. In that um, they all of their stories were like you are just red, you know, you are red trooper. Um, what they did that we didn't because um, they had a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would literally be like you are like Nemesis the Warlock in term. But uh, obviously, we kind of would rather have Deadpool speaking to us um, and, you know, telling jokes, but don't do everything from his point of view. Uh, but, yeah, the it's, it's sort of metaphorical that, um, that we are Deadpool. We did, if you look closely, we do slightly shift in Deadpool's captions between saying, you do this, and we do this. Because, uh, I mean, I was, there, was a bit of, there was a bit of hesitation on my part between making it, you know, the reader is helping people, and the reader has become Deadpool. So, yeah, but as to, as to how all the readers can be Deadpool, um, I think every every copy of Deadpool, you are Deadpool sold. Uh, by the end, not to not to spoil the ending, but uh, I think every copy of Deadpool sold becomes a separate uh, alternate universe. Or like each adventure becomes its own alternate universe. No, I think every single copy we sell, every <laughs> reader comes as their own alternate universe. So good luck on the wiki for that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only way, that's the only way it can work, I think, um, in the context of this question, is to have, um, so if every reader comes with their own alternate Deadpool in their alternate universe, then they can all be Deadpool, but, uh, separate Deadpools in separate alternate realities that are unique to them, and obviously when you replay the game, you create yet another one, so, um, a... A reader with a lot of time on their hands could create uh, an army of a hundred different Deadpools, all of whom were dead. 
Though, I mean, uh, they'd all have to survive to make a hundred of them. Yeah, well, yeah, but, you know, they'd still, I think it still counts even if they're corpse deadpools. I don't know, I've gotten beaten by Grasshopper every time, and Kieran beat me once, so... Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the main problem of hearing with your Deadpool, is that it's really difficult. Like, really difficult. To the extent that we're putting some cheats into the trade, mm -hmm. we're putting some achievements and some cheats into the trade, so you can collect achievements and then spend your achievement points on some cheats that might help you, like um, raising Deadpool's combat score or uh, getting some new inventory stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, that, so yeah, you know, that sounds wonderful. Got to get those cheats. Well, we, we had, I was, yeah, we were kind of constantly tinkering with it and constantly like uh, trying to make it, trying to make it better. So roll me a intuition check. Yeah, intuition check. Um, oh, 85. Uh, yep. This dice doesn't seem very random. Um, so I'm on the yellow. No, yeah, still on the yellow. So you notice a star that seems to shoot from the sky and then fall out into the polo field. As you're okay, standing well, I, guess I guess I'm heading to the polo field. Let's see what that is. Uh, as you head across, the groundskeeper, you're assuming, uh, stops you and asks you a question from JJJ Bugle News, who is J. Jonah Jameson, who wants to know, what do I have to do to get that confounded Marvel Comics to acknowledge that Iota and Godzilla? I don't actually see this question and do some, some serious thinking about it. Isn't he um, now canonically replaced with the Leviathan? I would not know. I mean, that would be a very good way to fit all the all the Godzilla comics into you know into continuity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming in that case they're they're doing something similar with like Rob or uh, he uh, apparently got transformed so he no longer resembled Godzilla and then was apparently killed in the X Men. That is a weird thing because, like, they keep. They have the Space Knights and Galador and, like, well, the other ones. Isn't this a thing like the Microverse where, like, they don't have the Micronauts, but they have all 
was stuff they created in the book Micronauts that they own. I believe so. Like, that's how um, we keep getting death ra- er, dire rates showing up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because um, cause the Microverse obviously predates Micronauts by, uh, by quite some way. I think it was a Fantastic Four thing originally, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a very different... It's a very different Microverse now, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, it's... Um, so yeah, it's unfortunately it's as uh, it's as simple as that. It's like you know you can have you can have Jay Jonah Jameson skate right up to the line of talking about his amazing fight with Godzilla, but uh, I don't think I don't think that's the line you can cross um, without you know without a whole bunch of rights being acquired by Disney, which you know who knows. But even then, it's kind of a small detail, you know, you'd have to... I mean, maybe maybe you could get away with it. Like, it's one for, it's one for the legal department, to be honest. Yes. Which is the boring answer. <laughs> As with so many things, it's one for the legal department. Uh, so, satisfied with your answer, the groundskeeper lets you pass, and the shooting star is glowing... The same way that the fried chicken and the soy latte also glow. Okay, is this like a Mario thing? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the shooting star and put it in my inventory. Um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm assuming this is some sort of power up. Uh, it goes into the inventory like the other items that you picked up. But okay. when you have this third item, you have a voice speak to you that says, go to where the fake becomes real. Okay, well, that sounds like the theater. Uh, unless there's another thing. But I don't think there is. I think it's the theater. Yep. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the theater. As you enter into the theater, it is empty, like most of the things have been, but there is a set on stage with a large cauldron. Okay. Well, having played, having played uh, a lot of computer games in my youth, uh, I'm going to immediately chuck all of my glowing items into this cauldron. As you do that... And then, and then type score. <laughs> uh, as you do that, the cauldron starts to bubble when you receive a magical potion called uh, the Tears so of Zeus. Like the beginning of Ultima. Um, yes, well, I will, I will drink those tears. By drinking the Tears okay. of Zeus, you have completed the game, and a train appears to take you out of here. Unsure okay. of why you were summoned, you are left with more questions than perhaps you entered with. But you have survived your perilous journey. Sounds good. Uh, what, what was the score? What was my final score? Uh, let's see. I'm tallying it what up. What rank have I obtained? Uh, you got B plus rank. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's better than I've got on a lot of, a lot of games. Yeah, I, and I mean, so, there's always the new game plus where you can use some of your score to get you stuff like you keep your old experience points or 
you get all the weapons. Oh man, yeah, no, this is, um, yeah, no, this is, uh, it's like in, like in Hitman, you can, uh, you know, spend it on some, mm-hmm. spend it on some swag. Like Are X-ray any, vision. Any questions remaining, or? Uh, no, that was the last that one that I had. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now it's time for the credits. Uh, Al, where can people find you online? Um, yeah, you can find probably the, the best place to find me. I mean, I'm on Tumblr. I'm on uh, Al Ewing uh, at Tumblr. Let me just sorry. Let me just pull, pull it up and find out exactly exactly what it is. Um, do like a MailChimp. just got done with you are deadpool you're currently doing the immortal hulk um there are there are new projects coming um marvel are still giving me work um so i can't really announce any of that yet they're all sort of Thank you very much. Uh, Multiverso Q is a weekly podcast. Uh, my normal co-host Devin is on Twitter at, at @fredofet. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. I'm on Twitter at, at @poltrek. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. This was a experimental adventure view. So, if you enjoyed this, let me know. If you're a other creator who, for some reason, wants to do this as well, uh, also let me know. Um, Multiverse Q can be found at MultiverseQ.com. Our spinoff podcast that is actually a Marvel role-playing game podcast can be found at ExiledPodcast.com. 
and uh yeah right now when you're listening to this if you're listening to it when it went up i am at heroes con which is why Devin is not on this episode so uh al thank you very much again for coming on and playing along with this very strange game Uh, well, I will uh, see everybody next week, and make sure to check out Immortal Hulk. Make sure to get both versions now of You Are Deadpool, and have a wonderful week. This one's for Hank.